This is Cinema Degeneration. If I may put forward a slice of personal philosophy, I feel that man has ruled this world as a stumbling, demented child king long enough. And as his empire crumbles, my precious black widow shall rise as his most fitting successor. I'm Frederick Lawrence. I've rented the house on Haunted Hill tonight so that my wife can give a party. A haunted house party. She's so amusing. There'll be food and drink and ghosts. And perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. Can you look around this world and believe in the goodness of a god who rules it? Famine, pestilence, war, disease, and death. They rule this world. The mark of Satan is upon them. They must hang. And now for you, Bartholomew, my beloved brother, while you are still alive, my ultimate device of torture. Now he must die. The Dr. Death that we created, he must die. I am not afraid. There is always room for more in the coffin of time. The instinct is alive within me. And you, Dr. Death, are you afraid? No. No, you're going home. Come. Nine killed you. Nine shall die. Nine eternities in doom. The tingler has been paralyzed by your screaming. There is no more danger. We will now resume the showing of the movie. Vincent Malloy is seven years old. He's always polite and does what he's told. For a boy his age, he's considerate and nice. But he wants to be just like Vincent Price. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are about to begin another chapter of Vincent Price Appreciation Month here at Cinema Degeneration, and we're bringing you a double feature this evening, a uh, double feature of shorts. We're doing Vincent Price's, well, I should say Tim Burton's Vincent short from 1982 with a wonderful voiceover by Vincent Price. And then following that up, we will have Michael Jackson's Thriller, which the highlight of that is, of course, again, Vincent Price, and that's why we're here. But joining me once again is my good buddy Eric Phillips. How the hell are we? Uh, good as ever. <laughs> a little so, phlegmy. <laughs> a little phlegmy. A little. <clears throat> that's okay. It's that time of year. You know what can you do? <laughs> Most wonderful time of year, my ass. Yeah, right. <laughs> bah humbug. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know where we could start. I, I suggest we start with the the Vincent short. I remember seeing this. Uh, I got it on a bootleg VHS. Yes, I'm admitting that I got it on a bootleg. Uh, I had a friend that would get me foreign films back in the day in the late 80s that would uh, always throw little extras on. And he's like, have you seen this? And at the time... I had not. It was like 1988, 1989, so I didn't see it when it first came out. But it's about a little young Vincent Malloy that dreams of being just like Vincent Price but loses himself in the macabre daydreams 
and annoys his mother, as the IMDb synopsis goes. It's a it's a six minute short. It's very again, you know, it's very brief, very precise, but I love the intro for it, and I'll read it here and don't I'm not even gonna try to read it like Vincent because I don't have that in me. I don't have that kind of uh that kind of, I just don't have that kind of inflection, but I love the intros. It says Vincent Malloy is seven years old. He's always polite and does what he's told. For a boy his age, he's considerate and nice, but he wants to be just like Vincent Price. And it lets you know what you're in for. I, I love the God, I just I could I could listen, I don't know about you, but I could listen to Vincent Price reading stereo instructions or the phone book and just be <laughs> and just be enamored by him. He just has a way of inflection and just a, a cadence that is just unparalleled. Uh I'm sure you probably agree. Yes, I, I very much agree. It's um Vincent Price just has that voice that, you know, and I mean he made quite a few uh uh early films and uh his career in um voice he had a radio show called the price of fear that was short radio stories of horror and suspense that was very well done he uh i believe he narrated a christmas carol um yeah he also did this vincent uh by and this is very, very early Tim Burton. I think this is one of his first films, as a matter of fact. This might have been when he was still in film school. Um, don't quote me on that, though. Um, but it's very early. And you can see uh, the ideas of where, like, Nightmare Before Christmas, some of the creatures that are in Nightmare Before Christmas kind of show yeah. early signs there. Uh, the sandworm from Beetlejuice kind yeah, of Jack Skellington shows even, up uh, even Jack yeah, Skellington you, you shows can, up you can see where these these characters and this he has a very unique style and uh you know Tim Burton just he, he always does gorgeous artwork when it comes to his stop animation and even early on you could tell he was talented and when you pair that up with Vincent Price narrating this the, the poem that is about himself just it's very meta isn't it <laughs> it really is it's very meta and it's just i'll say it's a love letter to my childhood for me because you know that's growing up watching horror movies the early horror movies and vincent price was in a lot of them and you know i didn't know who he was at first the first time i like I said first time i was introduced to vincent price was trailer and it was who's this old guy rapping on michael jackson's album yeah. <laughs> See, it was the opposite of me. I saw a lot of his movies and knew exactly who he was. Was so it was just like I, I, I wasn't the world's biggest, you know, Michael Jackson fan back in the day. You know, it's just not my, not my bag. It's not my kind of music. But no, it's like I wasn't when mine I heard, either. My aunts loved Michael Jackson, and I just was like, okay. So I knew who Michael Jackson was. And then all of a sudden, here's this old white dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's an odd pairing. It's an odd pairing. It really is. But you know what, though? It, they couldn't have made that video without Vincent Bryce. It just, it, it just, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's a, it's an awesome pairing with that one. But it's, but God, I mean, when I saw Vincent, I, the first thing I did was rewind my videotape 
and watched it watched again, it again. And, <laughs> and watched it again and again and again. I do have a little bit of uh, trivia. It was uh, while he was working as a conceptual artist, Tim Burton was working for Disney. And he ah. found himself uh, a couple of people in the creative development uh, divisions that were, you know, they were impressed with his work, but they can, can kind of consider him, you know, quote unquote, Disney material. But they felt like, you know, they should give him a chance. And they dropped him $60,000 to produce and do the stop motion. Because, you know, folks, for those of you at home who have never seen this, you, you can buy it on DVD. It's an extra on several Tim Burton uh, DVDs. You can watch it on YouTube. It's pretty yes. much everywhere you want. And if you haven't but, seen it, you need to watch it because it is, especially if you love Vincent Price, because it is just, it is a love letter to your childhood watching those horror movies. It's a love letter to your childhood, especially if you grew up knowing who Vincent Price was. And it just, this kid is enamored with him. Yeah. You know, it's, it's this wonderful, like uh, he, he's living in a living nightmare you know vincent malloy is you know he's just like everything he does he he wants to be like vincent price <laughs> he's a seven-year-old filled with existential dread <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and it's all done in stop-motion animation that you know would like be like the corpse bride and nightmare before christmas the same kind of style and it's very early work but it's done very very well yet yeah, and it's it's the darkest little children's animated short that you'll ever see and and on a side note the animation was done by steven chiodo who was one of the chiodo brothers who did killer clowns from outer space so that's a little tidbit for you oh nice the killer clowns from outer space kind of the you know, stop motion animation but it's like yeah uh, you know little vincent is you know just <laughs> wants to be like vincent price instead of being like vincent malloy it's like the little transition at the beginning when he's stroking his cat and all of a sudden his hair frizzes out and he's got the you know the cigarette holder and he's puffing up puffing away and his uh it's just but is this you know talking about living with his sister and you know his annoying sister but you know and uh his <laughs> wants dog to dip his aunt the, wants to dip his aunt in the wax museum <laughs> right uh yeah when he wants it's to dip so her great. in a bat of hot wax <laughs> yeah, it's so great because you know once once you were a little kid and you saw those vincent price movies you were one of two you either were like this is old and stupid or you were like, I want to be just like him. Right. <laughs> and you know which category I fell into. Right. <laughs> we both did. I mean, come on, man. He was suave. He was debonair. He commanded the role that he was in. You know, he, he demanded the attention and he got it from the screen. Whether he was, you know, doing that purposefully or if it just came naturally, I don't know. Some people, you know, can develop that kind of talent over years and over studying and taking acting classes and doing whatnot, which I'm sure, you know, he did the same thing. He'd studied <laughs> his craft, but some people just have the it factor. And that was Vincent Price, you know, yes. even, you know, didn't have to be on screen this whole time. He command, yeah, we're watching Vincent Malloy, but, you know, we're enamored because of the the beautiful sultry sounds of Vincent Price's voice. And I do mean that sultry because he is just. He's classic. He's classic yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. And this has a lot of different references to Poe. It's not just a, a love letter to Vincent Price. It's a love letter 
to Edgar Allan Poe because there's references to well, yeah, we've already mentioned House of Wax. There's references to the Cask of Amontillado, Pit in the Pendulum, you know. Uh, uh, and there's a couple Mask of Mask of the Red Death. Mask of the Red Death, yep. Uh, what are you talking about? Would he, he, he survive if not his wife had been buried alive? You know, it's just... Uh, uh, the, tell, the Telltale Heart? Was that in there? It might have been. I, I don't think so. But there's there's so much there's so much there's, stuff. yeah it's there's so many horror references and, and they're all Vincent Price roles right and <laughs> my part my favorite part I I I, I can say there's so many favorite parts when he's talking about digging up his you know Vincent Malloy is going to dig up his dead wife he dug out her grave and they make sure she was uh and she was dead but unaware that her grave was his mother's flower, flower bed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like that's such a little kid caught up in his imagination. Like, oops. you know, I love when he bows his head and he's like going up the stairs that looks like a, you know, an MC Escher painting, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, yeah, I'm just, you know, he's going up the tower of doom, but really he's just being grounded. You know, <laughs> it's, it's great, but uh, yeah, I don't know my, what much else we, we can say about how great it was, but I mean, the, uh, there's actually a reference. power of imagination and you know it's just it's it's childhood memories in and of itself and you know it's like yeah i remember like being grounded and feeling like oh yeah i'm never gonna get out of here i'm just i'm stuck in this jail cell let yeah. me out cursing Clinking your parents a cup across you know. the bars and shit <laughs> yeah. filthy screws filthy screws let me out of here Drawing barbed wire tattoos with Sharpie on your forehead. I've been in here for life, boss. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Go outside and play. That's when you just look at you look at your parents and do a timeout change as a man. You know? <laughs> right? I've done four whole minutes in this chair, boss. You know what it's like facing in a corner with a dunce cap on? Oh, but it's it's great. I love like the the juxtaposition. Of going from reality to his nightmarish dreamland of Vincent Malloy, you know, and it's just like, you know, hey, you can stay in this room if you want to, but if you want, you can go out and some play. It's a beautiful day out, you know. But he's just like, no, I want to stay in here and suffer, you know. It's just a, it's a great, great little short. It's the type of short that you watch it once, you automatically want to go back and just watch it again. Because it's a brief six minutes. It's it's a commercial break for most uh, you know TV shows in length. That yeah, you can just watch a, it again. It's a cute little poem, and the art and the visuals are so great that you can just watch it over and over and over again. I don't think I probably have to ask you where your rating falls on the Vincent short. I'm probably going to guess you're coming in at a ten. Oh yeah, it's easy, easy ten, easy. easy. Yeah, same here. It's it's a Again, like you, you've said a couple times already, it's a just a complete and total love letter to my childhood. Yeah. And, you know, uh, between Tim Burton and Vincent Price, it was the perfect marriage of, of them together, e- even more so than when they, you know, when one of his last film roles was playing in uh, Edward Scissorhands, you know, which, yeah. again, great film. And, and what a way and what a way to go out. What I mean, there was nobody that was, I'm sorry, and fight me if I'm wrong, but there was nobody in Hollywood that was going to give the kind of respect that 
Vincent Price deserved more than Tim Burton. I mean, Tim Burton started his career out with Vincent for the yep. most part. And, yeah, yeah. And his, Vincent Price's last movie was a Tim Burton film. You know, how appropriate. It, it's, it, it, it's, 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 very, it's a very wonderful send-off, especially yeah. the part that he plays. Because I think it's the last he did a couple of movies where he did or shows where he did some voiceovers, like some Tiny Toons stuff. And I think he did The Thief and the Cobbler and a couple other things. But as far as like being on on screen, screen, yeah, it was his last theatrical film. And I mean, it was it was right. I was I think The Thief and the Cobbler might have been all that might have came before. I think I think uh, that was his last film. Yeah, because wasn't the thief and the cobbler uh, without cheating and looking up? Wasn't that a, a made-for-TV movie? So if we're talking like theatrical films, of Edward Scissorhands would even if it came out afterwards, it would still uh, be <sighs> his last one. I'm getting my timelines kind of mixed up here, but yeah, still, it's, it's, he's been in so much, and so much has happened since that. That well, God, he, I mean, he had over 200 credits between voiceover work, TV work and film work so the fact yeah. that we're doing a month here and we're only covering like seven or eight films or different projects you know it's it's uh, it hardly a no, dent yeah it does no justice i mean if you we were gonna get real we would probably have to have a a vincent price like <laughs> yeah just a, a, stra- a straight up theme show and just run vincent price movies even if we did one one a month or one a week we'd have to go for four years to do them all yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Which I'd be up for, you know. I mean, but that, that should tell you, too, you know, that, that should tell you the amount of talent that man had. He always stayed working. Everybody wanted to employ him. Yeah, yeah. And he, he must have been a pleasure to work with because I don't know that I have really ever heard anybody ever say anything bad about him. And if they did, I'd want to fight him. No, you know? <laughs> but that being said, I, I, I would say we're coming in 10 out of 10 Two full tens out of ten for Vincent Short. Yes. Let's go ahead and go straight off into the Michael Jackson's thriller video. Oh yes, what a beautiful thing! Oh, one thing before we get into this, uh, mm-hmm. my sure. we were talking about Dark Shadows. One little point I wanted to make is my wife was obsessed with Dark Shadows. I mean, the movie or the show, the TV show, the okay, actual gotcha. TV show, and. Like, I don't know a lot of people that know near as much about Dark Shadows as she does. And she was, like I said, she was obsessed. And that was the only saving. She's like, that was the only saving grace of that movie. She agrees 100% with me that the only saving grace of that movie was Don Depp breaking character when they walked past. <laughs> the Even the fan groups of Dark Shadows hate that movie. So, you know, if you hate that movie and you're a Dark Shadows fan, we understand. Like I said, but you know what? The one part that makes it worth owning is watching Johnny Depp break characters. He's like a kid in a candy store when Barnabas Collins walks by. Yep. That, and like I said, and I'll still profess that I like the Alice Cooper cameo because Alice Cooper's my man. Oh, come you know, on, man. You can't not like Alice Cooper. If you're a horror you, fan and you don't like Alice Cooper, get the fuck out of the van. Yeah, there's, I was always, I always say, you know, there's two types of people, Alice Cooper fans and those who are wrong. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Those same fucking people that don't like Alice Cooper probably don't think that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. 
Right. Yeah, I was going to say there's two ty- two modes of people: those who believe that it's a Christmas movie and those who are wrong. Which I'm sorry, but it is not Christmas until you drop the Hans. Yep, that's why uh, for th- this year we actually bought a a Hans Gruber Nakatomi Plaza advent calendar off of Etsy. <laughs> yeah! I'll send you a picture of it, my man. It's, <laughs> it has a little Hans Gruber that's held on with a magnet, and you drop it one day every day, and it's finally Christmas when Hans Gruber hits the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's great. Amazing. That is amazing. You know how that you know that face he makes when he drops. You know yes. that's his. You know that's his real face, right? Yeah, like that's his real reaction because they dropped him on two instead of three. Yeah, they didn't tell him they were gonna drop him. He's like, oh, like, well, yeah. I, I, it works. It fucking works so well because you know they tell him, okay, we're gonna drop you on three, and then on two they drop him, and it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't expect it. It's... Poor uh, Alan I, Rickman. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and for his first, like, theatrical movie, you know, I bet he was just like, man, I don't know if I want to do the, <laughs> this American gigs anymore. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mr. Director. I've now shit myself. I hope you're happy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was a pretty good Alan Rickman, man. Oh, I've been know. studying him for years. Oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, God, God love Alan Rickman. Maybe one day we'll do an Alan Rickman Appreciation Month because he's somebody who definitely deserves it. Yes. Uh, May he rest that, in peace. Yes, yes. Oh, God. But anyway, uh, where were we? <laughs> uh, we are starting on Thriller by Michael Jackson. Yeah, and the first note I have about this, and anybody got it, even if you're not a Michael Jackson fan and if you have not seen and are not a fan of the, the thriller video, you might want to check your pulse. Cause I think you're already dead. It's a great video, especially when you talk and when you're thinking like, you know, there's two versions of it. You know, you have the extended version, which I, I appreciate, but then you have the, the radio edit. we talked a little bit about this off the air before we started the show. I, I'm I, I, much as I love, the thriller music video. I uh, I know we're supposed to be talking about Vincent Price, but I got to get this out of the way. I am more of a fan of the radio edit of the song because they the radio edit doesn't leave out the, the doesn't chop up uh, Vincent Price's narration and then leave his laugh to the very end like they do in the music video. I thought the music video, as much as I love it, was a little disrespectful to Price's work on you know the narration of the song but that being well, they said they cut out an entire verse in that song you, you get it the radio edit you get it the full length the way it was supposed to be and right, in the video right. they cut it to make time they cut out an entire verse of vincent price which is a big no-no right right and i don't know whose decision that was <sighs> if that was michael jackson's it was the producers if it was uh you know the director john landis whoever made that decision shame on you Yes, that was that was very bad show, old bean. Very bad show. Yeah, you and don't the, cut Vincent Price, especially when you come in, you get him to do a narration of a poem like that, and it's a great verse. It's like, why did you cut that? I don't know. It, it makes no sense to me. But you know, maybe it was a pacing thing. Maybe you know, 
someone in the editing room just fucked up. I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. That dance with the zombies is cool and all, but that dance is longer than Vincent Price's friggin' verse they cut. And they could, I could have done without the four minute zombie dance scene. Yeah, you could have cut out the at least two minutes of the zombie dance and left in the the twenty five seconds yeah, or so. Yeah, the thirty seconds of Vincent Price's verse. Yeah. Oh god, and th- the video is. I mean, the video itself is great. I always laugh at the disclaimer, and he's like, you know, the, this, you know, must say that the the how's it? How, oh, I can't remember well, exactly how it's worded, but he's like this. Yeah, no, no like, vision to the occult. Da da da. da. You know yeah. why that's there. Because uh, because his because he was a Jehovah's Witness. Uh that's part yeah. of it. But I knew that that's was part, part of it. Yeah. But the real big reason why that was going on is that's right during Satanic Panic. Yeah. You good remember point. Sata- remember oh, Satanic yeah, I, Panic? I remember. Dungeons Satanic and Dragons Panic. is killing people. <laughs> no. I remember people telling me I was a Satan worshiper because I listened to Judas Priest and Kiss. And I'm yes. like, listen, if you if you're able to be pushed over the edge by anything Gene Simmons has to say, then you're just not doing your job as a fucking parent. It, it's, uh, it should be parent panic and not satanic panic. I, I, I don't even get off into that. That's a whole rant for another show, but that's, yeah, that's silly. But, but that's, well, that's what, that was at the height of satanic panic. And you're going to put out a friggin' horror music video that's going to play on MTV, which parents were already up in arms about MTV because of the music videos their children were seeing. That was the whole, you got, you got satanic panic going on. And on top of that, you got the PMRC going on. PMRC. The the PMRC were the people that were responsible for putting the parental advisory. Oh yeah. On your albums. Tipper Gore. Yes. But that, that all that was just starting to form and satanic panic would at height. So, you know, anything that had anything to do with a dark subject matter was in their fucking crosshairs. And Michael Jackson went ahead of that shit. And he's like, look, this is just like movies. It's pretend. I don't have anything to do with the occult. I don't have anything to do with that. That's very true. It could be. You never know. But it probably was a matter of like several of those uh, issues. But. I, I just thought that I just thought that the disclaimer was always just a little, it was little goofy. Yeah, but I love how it starts. It starts off like it, it 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 carries on with one of my favorite movie tropes or my or favorite movie subgenres is because it plays like a fifteen minute you know it's a fifteen minute video. It it plays off like uh, a short horror film but it's the movie within a movie that it starts yes. out you know you're watching something that's taking place and it starts out like a typical 50s horror flick before michael goes into his transformation into a werewolf but he's wearing you know the letterman's jacket you know the girl's wearing the poodle skirt and it looks very 50s and then it cuts to inside the theater and you see oh no this is still set in the 80s and michael's with his his girl in the 80s watching this movie and of course you know she doesn't want to watch it he's his, you know, it's become a meme, you know, like a Michael chewing on the popcorn and eating popcorn. And like, I'm just here in the comments watching, you know, right. <laughs> but I love any type of movie or video or any type of media that does the movie within a movie. It, it's a great start, but not to get off the subject of uh, Vincent Price too much, because his involvement with this is very, you know, 
very small, but it's yes. like at the same time, it's what sells the video and sells the song for me. It lends the legitimacy that this is a, you know, quote unquote horror project. Yes. You know, but I do love the wolf transformation, but I will admit it's a little wonky these days watching it because if you listen into it, it totally lifts a couple of close-ups and some sound effects from American Werewolf in London. But yeah. it was, but it was both were directed by I John Landis. Landis. Yeah, you know, yeah, both directed by John Landis. So it just, you know, it, it, it fits. Like I, I can look past it being a little wonky. But our most horror movies have a bit of wonkiness to them. They have a little bit of weirdness to them, yeah. and I can live with that. I can live with that. And the director actually, uh, John Landis, makes a cameo as does Forrest Ackerman in the audience of the of the movie theater that they're in. Which I love. And there's even more uh, winks and nods to Vincent Price because when they get out into the lobby, when the girl runs out of the theater and Michael chases her down and he's like, oh, come on, are you scared? If you look around, there is several movie posters in the marquees by the marquee. And one of them is The Mask of the Red Death. The other one was Schlock, which is not, uh, but uh, the Schlock. And the other one was House of Wax. So there was also, you know, a couple of winks and nods to Vincent Price. And rightfully so. They they should have been, you know, they should pay homage to him, you know, since they're using his voice. Well, and back in the day when that video was made, too, you used to be able to go to Saturday Night Double Features or Triple Features for, like, two bucks. And you could watch three movies and they'd all be, like, old school horror movies. And a lot of them were Vincent Price. Yeah, I remember seeing some of those uh, double and triple features at the YMW Drive-In. I don't remember if you ever, I don't know if you remember that place or if you ever went there up in Maryville, Indiana. Oh, yeah, that was, uh, yeah. That was my stomping grounds. Yeah, I went there many times. I I saw I saw Evil Dead movies and some of the Nightmare on Elm Street films more times than I can count. Uh, that's where I saw Return of Living Dead. And also, speaking of Return of Living Dead... I, I don't know, like, I think this came out before Return of Living Dead. I think it came out the year before. But the zombies in this are almost identical to Return of Living Dead zombies. This, the zombie sequence was very, very Return of Living Dead. Very punk rockish yes. kind of zombies for, for a song that was a rap song, you know. With the green tent and everything. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, again, I do love this song because it's just a great song. But I'm I'm here for Vincent Price. I yes. I, I got to read a, a bit of of his uh, narration. This is my favorite part. You know, this is the the secondary part that I think is my this is the part that might have been cut out because I actually I've watched the two different versions of the video, the the edited version that was edited down with the the opening sequence cut out and then the the full length version. But the line I the lines I love was the foulest stench is in the air, the funk of forty thousand years, and grisly ghouls from every tomb are closing in to seal your doom. And again, I'm doing it absolutely no fucking justice whatsoever, not a shred of justice to the man. But God, just hearing that man say some lines like that, kudos to whoever wrote that dialogue or wrote that rap for him to do, because one I would never would have thought, you know, that we'd ever see somebody like Vincent Price doing a rap. No, ever. Yeah, never. You, 
you watch House of Wax or House on Haunted Hill and you think that, you know, 35, 40 years later that he's going to be, you know, doing a narration for a rap video. But then again, Christopher Lee uh, was in a death metal band, you know, and, and did lyrics for death metal. So I guess, you know, to, to each their own, everybody, you know, it's, it shows that they were well-cultured well individuals. Can't talk right now. Can't speak. But yeah, uh, I, on a side note, I actually got to meet uh, the girl from the video that plays uh, the Michael's girlfriend, Ola Ray. Oh. I met her about three, four years ago at a Cinema Wasteland convention, one of the few conventions I even go to anymore, but they had her there as a guest. Very nice woman, very sweet, uh, still very beautiful, but just a very nice, you know, sweet lady. And uh, it was, uh, I met her briefly because I had a M Michael Jackson's Thriller Laserdisc that I was going to have her signed. So oh, it, nice. it was, it was a great, uh, it was a great, great time meeting her. It was very, like I said, it was very brief met her for about 30 seconds. And then kind of the line was, you know, again, very long. So it was a brief meeting, but yeah, nice, nice lady. Well, anytime you go to a convention, unless you're like, you know, the people behind that booth, it's going to be a short interaction. Yeah, yeah which if you got be people expected. behind, if you got people behind, you know, if there's nobody in line, you can take your time. But right. if you got people behind you, the respectful thing to do is go make it, you know, keep it to five minutes or less, you know, or even less. Yeah, than keep that. it, keep it short and sweet. Get your autograph and do what you got to do and move it along so that the next person can get along. Because some of those people in them conventions don't know what soap and deodorant are. Oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> That's the one thing that I dislike the most about conventions is personal hygiene of <laughs> our fellow convention goers. It's the conga line of ass and onions. <laughs> oh, yeah, what does the onion smell? It is a smell that always pops up at the, the conventions. It's just like, did somebody like, you know use uh, onions uh, to rub all over right. their body before they went in or what right. the why fuck? the fuck does this entire room smell like uncooked fish sticks oh my god <laughs> there might be several reasons why it smells like uncooked fish sticks yeah. like, mm, this place smells like a long john silvers and not in a good way i mean <laughs> yeah is that mm. malt vinegar or is that funk i don't know <laughs> i think it's a little of both i yeah. do see hush puppies but i don't see any fish <laughs> oh. Was there anything else you want to cover about Michael Jackson's thriller? Other than, oh, I do have one bit of trivia. Uh, the, we got to give credit to the makeup effects man, the the yes. maestro Rick Baker, who actually plays the the zombie opening the crypt. In the uh, he's in um, the makeup is the crypto opening up, but that's the last little bit of like real real trivia can, that I got. If you can find it, I know that it exists out there somewhere you might be it might even be on your laser disc that you're talking about uh the making of thriller yeah the yeah it, the is, it is on there oh my god you get that the, the way they did the makeup back then and you know it's it's really worth the watch to see just how long it takes to make such a short music it's a 15 minute music video but you're looking at six hours to 10 hours of makeup well, there's uh, a lot of, I mean, you got to think. There's the contacts in his eyes, I remember, was one thing that he complained about. They said it hurt so bad to have those contacts in at the time because, you got to remember, this is the 80s, man. Contact lenses were not a thing 
except for special effects. <laughs> well, you know, and, and when they, they, were they, they were hard, they were yeah. very hard and very rigid. They're not like as thin and as well constructed yeah, as they are today. No, they were brutal. They were almost fucking tools of the Inquisition. <laughs> <laughs> they might have been created by v- Vincent Price for one of his roles as in the, the Mask of the Red Death or something. <laughs> right. Which I just now you know, noticed that's another something thing that too. I didn't notice before as I was skimming. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, this real briefly is uh, a cameo that's in it that I didn't realize as I was just uh, skimming through the IMDb cast list. Tony Fields played a zombie. Now, the name might not mean much to most people, but Tony Fields was one of the zombies uncredited. He played Sammy Kerr in Trick or Treat. So oh, that I, wow. I, I didn't I didn't I didn't know that because I was just like, man, let me just skim through here and see if I notice anything. But also Mick Garris and his wife, Cynthia Garris, uh, cameo to zombies too on a, uh, a related note. But yeah, uh, I did not know that he passed away and I knew he passed away in the early 90s. But yeah, he uh, a couple of years before he played uh, Tony played uh, Sammy Kern uh, trick or treat. He was in Michael Jackson's thriller. Oh, look at that, man. Yeah. All kinds of loaded with talent. And also an urban legend, and I, I call it an urban legend because people have said this over and over again, that Charlton Heston makes an appearance in this, that he is one of the audience members sitting across from uh, Michael and Ola Ray in the theater. But I have paused this several times and watched the HD version that they put out here a couple of years ago when they converted it to 3D. It is not Charlton Heston. It may <laughs> look a little bit like Charlton Heston, but folks, uh, you know, I, I rarely say this, but fight me on it. Fight me on it, because that is not Charlton Heston at all. <laughs> but uh, that being said, is there anything else you want to cover? For uh, Vincent Price and Ma- Michael Jackson's Thriller. Oh, no, there's not really much to cover. It's such a short cameo that he's in. It's just, it's yeah. wonderful that <laughs> it really makes the video. That's all I yeah, can really and, say about it. Yeah, and apparently, uh, one last bit of IMDb trivia that I have here written down in my notes is that Vincent Price's work on it was actually so brief that he only did two takes. He did one take. They had some notes for him. He did a second take, nailed it, and was done for the day. So that tells you exactly what kind of professional he was. It's something so short like that. He could have it in one take. And I'm sure his first take was probably fucking brilliant as it was, but they're probably like, listen, you know, we, you're doing a rap here. I'm sure that was probably it. They're like, <laughs> you got to do a rap. And, and I'm sure at the time he was probably, what is a rap? A rap party, maybe? <laughs> what do you mean, get funky? <laughs> the funk of 40,000 years. Funky? Okay, got it. Uh, but that being said, this has been a fun little double feature. It's a short episode, folks, but when you're talking the total running time between both uh, films uh, that we're talking about is about 20 minutes. <laughs> so, you know... Right. We've already talked about 45 minutes, double the running time of both films put together. But um, again, you know, this is Vincent Price month. You know, we're here talking about everything in in general, but we're here because of Vincent. 
You know, as yes. I always say, when it comes to anything that Vincent Price is in, there might be other reasons, you know, a Roger Corman movie or, you know, something like Dead Heat, you know, it was a good, goofy, 80s, cheesy fun. But when I show up for these films, I'm showing up for two things, Vincent and Price. That's and, right. But I want to thank you again, brother, for taking some time out of your, out of your day to do these shows with me. And it's the second uh, Vincent Price thing that we've done. So that's been uh, kind of fun to kind of, you know, we've hit up like three different things. So that's, uh, you know, but, but still it's such a small niche of his it work, is. considering he has well over 200 credits. Right. You know, I feel like we're, we're, we're trying to honor the man, but we're. We're well, falling were, so short of doing his great legacy of work justice. Well, here's all you can all you can really do about it. I mean, we could cover every single Vincent Price movie and show ever made, but like, like you said, it would be a show in and of itself. For form, first yeah. and foremost, and I, I'm already doing a, a seven. Six or seven, I'm losing <laughs> track here. Six or seven different monthly shows between Grindhouse Pizzeria, Howling at the Full Moon, Sequel to Deja Vu, among others, Creature Feature Dinner Theater, The Nick Cage Show. I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. One, maybe one, one show I, too many. Yeah. <laughs> this maybe idea, later. Maybe later. Maybe when I decide to put one of the shows to rest and put one of the shows to bed, we can uh, we can do a, a full on Vincent. Price retrospective series, which you know, I mean, yeah, I mean just, here just the radio, just the radio shows that he did alone. That's probably six years worth of work. You know? he did that for six years, huh? I didn't realize that it went on for so long. It's, it's not, it's not, it's not necessarily that it went six years. It's that the stories are they're short stories, but there's so many of them to cover, and they're so well done. And you know there's that he's got a couple of Halloween specials that you can find on YouTube. And now they're all available on YouTube, correct? As far as I know, the two of them were. Yeah, uh, I have to check out to check out some of those. I know quite a few. The Fear of Price is on YouTube. Um, if you look up the Fear or the Price of Fear, that's what it's called. I'm sorry, not the Fear of Price. Wow, dyslexia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always say fear. Me, I always say me talk, me words. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, folks, thank you for checking out our Vincent Price Appreciation Month. We have been uh, dissecting uh, in very shortly, though, um, the Vincent Short by Tim Burton and Michael Jackson's Thriller video. And we still have two more shows that we're recording for this this month. So after this one airs, you can expect a little bit more Vincent Price goodness in your lives. But as, as always, thank you for listening and keep tuning in. The foulest stenches in the air, the funk of 40,000 years, and grisly goons from every tomb are closing in to seal your doom. And though you fight to stay alive, your body